0: Hello, hello. Hello. hello like and welcome clash. everybody back to a Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. This is the first show we have done, like so well, since last Wednesday. But it's the first show that feels like in forever. I was mentally unstable on Monday. I was barely stable on Wednesday. And then come Friday, I just didn't want to do one. I don't remember what I was doing on Friday. What was I doing? There had to be some sort of reason on why I did not do anything for Friday. But I don't have one. If if I'm just forgetting something, I I don't remember. (laughs) What was I doing Thursday night? Who knows? And who really cares? But before we start off with today's show, just go over a couple housekeeping items to start off. Make sure you're following The Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media. Twitter is Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is The Logan Blackman Show. One, make sure the and one are at the beginning and end of that Facebook page. Go and like the Facebook page. Search Logan Blackman Show. It should pop up. Do the same thing for YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and give a few likes there and there, you know, because we like before we try it here. And while you're listening to it right now, because it's the only way you can listen to the Logan Blackman Show, make sure you are either following and or subscribed to the Apple Podcast and or Spotify account and on Apple Podcast. Make sure you leave a rating on five stars and leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do about either that day's episode or the show in general. If you think it's garbage say it's garbage Yeah, it hurt my feelings like on youtube dislike the video and guess what i don't see it so uh, go and dislike as many videos as you want because it doesn't hurt my feelings no more not that it did before but that's beside the point youtube taking away the dislike button <laughs> one thing that i personally disliked that we made sure to make very abundantly clear last wednesday was the fact that the buffalo bills lost the kansas city chiefs i was very upset very, 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 very upset. I'm not sure if I said this on Wednesday's show or not, but my dad, because obviously the AFC and NFC divisional rounds were over, we had the 49ers beating the Packers, we had the Rams beating the Bucks. we had the Bengals beating the Titans, and the Chiefs beat the Bills. And going into this day, Championship Sunday, we had Bengals and Chiefs, Titans, or, uh, and Rams 49ers. And my dad, after we watched the Bills lose to the Chiefs, obviously... We want the Bengals to win. There is no part of our body that would like to see the Kansas City Chiefs win any football game, let alone go to their third straight Super Bowl. They're already in their fourth straight AFC Championship appearance, fourth straight one at home. We don't need to see a third straight Super Bowl. But my dad, thinking long-term, instead of just focusing on the here and now that the Chiefs could go to their third straight Super Bowl, it was focusing on the fact that Joe Burrow... Could get to a Super Bowl before Joshua Allen, and that hurts. That hurts as much as I love Joe Burrow, and I love Joe Burrow. We rated him fifth quarterback in the fifth best quarterback in the NFL in our latest quarterback rankings list. He finished fifth in the the quote unquote staff's ranking list as well. People rate Joe Burrow highly. Joe Burrow is one of the more beloved players in the NFL. Where I don't think you could find a lot of people, even on like Ravens, Browns, and Steelers fans, that dislike Joe Burrow. It'd be very hard to find people that genuinely dislike Joe Burrow I don't know why they would dislike him maybe they think oh he's too cocky but I believe everything that he has said up until this point he has backed up and then some like he lost his starting job at Ohio State he got hurt lost to Dwayne Haskins Dwayne Haskins put ups, puts up monster numbers breaks every single freshman Big Ten record at Ohio State didn't do so well in the NFL but he still has a chance to start next year for the Steelers because of Big Ben retiring we'll get to a few retirements in a little bit but then he transferred to LSU and when he transferred to LSU, everybody was like, really confused. Like, it didn't make any sense. Joe Burrow, LSU is not a quarterback factory. You go through LSU's history of quarterbacks in the NFL, there's one name, maybe two, that stick out in particular. The first one you think of, Jamarcus Russell. One of, if not the biggest bust in NFL history right next to Ryan Leaf of the San Diego Chargers, coming out of Washington State. The other one's Matt Flynn, who's famously known for being Aaron Rodgers' backup, getting a big contract in Seattle, and getting beat up. Beat up, geez. Beaten out for the starting job that same offseason by Russell Wilson. That's all Matt Flynn's been known for in the NFL. Good backup. Not really a franchise guy. Played a few good games here and there with the Packers. Got himself a big money move and then never did anything after that because Russell Wilson came in and became one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. I'm not going to say he's top 10 or anything, but he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. No doubt in my mind. But Joe Burrow goes down to LSU. And not only Joe Burrow, you have two-star recruit Jamar Chase, or uh, Justin Jefferson, you have a former Kansas commit, Jamar Chase, and a head coach that was seen as an outcast that just got fired from USC, was generally seen as a laughingstock in in regards to coaching trees because of the fact, or coaching circles, because of the fact he talks funny. That was generally it. Ed Ron sounds funny. We can't take this dude seriously. Why would you go down to LSU? A place where quarterbacks go to die. And after his first year there, LSU was all right. Nothing special. I think they went like 9-4 and four or 10-3, and three, something like that. Joe Burrow put up decent numbers, 19 touchdowns, like seven interceptions. I'm not 100% sure on his numbers that year, but not just like average numbers. Nothing that would scream first-round draft pick, let alone for number one overall pick, let alone Heisman Trophy winner, let alone national champion. And then the very next year, Joe Burrow breaks every single passing record, wins the Heisman with the widest margin of victory ever, and then... Embarrasses Oklahoma and Clemson on the in route to winning a college football championship, the first ever number one overall seed in the college football playoff era, which in fairness is only like six years old, eight years old. However old it is, it was in high like twenty fourteen. I think it was the first year. So it wasn't anything that's been a long standing thing, but they still did it. There was a stat when they won the national championship that like less than a percentage of college football teams. Would have had a winning record with LSU's schedule, yet LSU finished undefeated, and 14 players went to the NFL from that year. And every single one of them either got drafted or signed in free agency after the draft. That is insane. In LSU, I mean, people want to bash Ed Ozron for all the stuff that's gone on in LSU since then. We had 14 players from a national championship squad leave. You have arguably the greatest season the quarterbacks ever had gone. You lost your t- one of your top wide receivers in Justin Jefferson. You lost your running back. You lost your center. You lost your tight end. Like, there was nothing really going for LSU the next years, and it didn't go very well. Now, Eddie Roseron's out of the job. Now, we got Brian Kelly posting all these awkward dancing videos with every single LSU recruit underneath the sun. And he's got that new re- newly reformed southern accent or Louisiana accent, which is a very interesting dialect, but I'm not, I'm not I don't want to judge anybody down in Louisiana. I've no no beef with anybody in Louisiana. But every time Joe Burrow did something, it was met with critiques, it was met with skepticism, and every single time. The transfer from Ohio State, not seen as a big not seen as a good deal. Transferring to LSU, seen even worse. Heisman trophy winner? Yeah, right. National championship at LSU? Okay. And he kept people kept doubting him, and now we're going to this point where we're taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And every time Joe Burrow was doubted, Joe Burrow came through on the better end. Like this past offseason, everybody, everybody said the Cincinnati Bengals should take an offensive lineman. They should take Panay Sewell, fifth overall. Generational talent at left tackle. And I remember the graphic that everyone posted. Pene Sewell, Joe Burrow, anybody. Wide open touchdown. Pene Sewell standing, standing there blocking someone. Joe Burrow standing up with clean pocket, throws a touchdown. Then it was Jamar Chase. Anybody else on the O-line. And Joe Burrow's getting sacked. And Jamar Chase not getting the ball. If Joe Burrow is not the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, they don't draft Jamar Chase. The connection that was there made the Bengals draft Jamar Chase, and that makes them look like the smartest individuals ever. Because back in 2019, or 2020, the 2020, right before the 2021 NFL draft, when Joe Burrow got drafted first overall, the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals played an NFL game. This was seen as the battle of the two worst teams in the NFL. Two of the worst teams in the NFL. The Dolphins won the game, but in hindsight, the Bengals won the war. And even you could say even without hindsight, because even at the draft, I mean, Joe Burrow was the clear number one quarterback in the draft. He broke every single passing record. Now, in fairness, Bailey Zappi just broke all those this year with Western Kentucky. But Joe Burrow at that time held every single significant passing record. one a Natty, one a Heisman, everything. But the Dolphins won the game, and the Dolphins wound up with Tua. And now I'm pretty sure that most Dolphins fits. Would trade everything to get Joe Burrow. So I don't know who sits out there and openly bashes the Cincinnati Bengals or bashes Joe Burrow or anything that they've done up until this point. They won four games last year. They went 4-11-1. And now they're in the freaking AFC Championship game. This is ridiculous stuff. Stuff that was not supposed to happen. You're in a division with the Browns, Steelers, and Ravens. The Ravens have a former unanimous MVP. The Steelers have one of the best defenses in the NFL, and the Browns are one of the best up-and-coming teams in the NFL with a quote-unquote complete roster with an elite edge rusher, a really good secondary that's coming back from a lot of injuries, a great running game, the best O-line in football. Like, the Bengals were supposed to come in last. There were tweets going into the season about, it was a picture of Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow riding on a golf cart. like strolling into the last place in the division. And not only did they not come in last place, they won the damn thing. So if you sit there, I don't know what it would take for someone to hate on Joe Burrow and hate on the Bengals. I don't know what you're, what's going on in your life, <laughs> but you need, you need to check yourself real quick. You need to check yourself. And that leads us to today. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. My heart hurt the entire time, and yes, I will admit, I did watch the game. Even though my better judgment said, Logan, don't watch this game. You're going to be hurt the entire time. Because as you well know, last week, we said we cried after the Bills-Chiefs game. One of the most emotional games of my entire life. 13 seconds is all the Bills defense needed to hold the Chiefs offense to win the game and see the team go to the AFC Championship and host the first time in Orchard Park, New York since the freaking 90s in the AFC Championship game. 13 seconds is all it was. Josh Allen played two of the greatest playoff games of all time. Back-to-back weeks. He beholds the greatest ever QBR in a span of two games for a quarterback in NFL history. And head of the likes of Joe of Joe Montana and Bart Starr. Two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever grace this great landscape of football, let alone just the NFL, because Bart Starr obviously played a little bit before the NFL as well. Like the merger. The merger, I guess. But we're going to Cincinnati, and I said Wednesday that whoever won the bills Bengals game, and this is what, or the Bills-Chiefs game, this is what hurt the most. In my opinion, this is what hurt more than anything about the Bills losing this game, is the fact that I was under the impression that whoever won that game was going to the Super Bowl. So I remember after the Bills-Chiefs game, I shook about 15 people's hands, saying, good game, good luck, congratulations on going to the Super Bowl. And I know the Bengals had a massive comeback against the Chiefs earlier in the year and came back to win in Cincinnati, but the Bills beat the Chiefs by 18 points. Like, what, week six? So I'm sorry if I don't take take into account what the Bengals did to the Chiefs in the regular season. Because the Titans shit-stomped the Chiefs in the regular season. Do I think the Titans and the Chiefs met in the playoffs and the Titans would win by that much? Hell no. Titans sucked against the freaking Bengals. So I wasn't really taking into an account what regular season has done. And we'll get to the other game that happened a little bit ago, too. The other game on Championship Sunday. I was just under the impression that the the Chiefs were going to the Super Bowl. And from the start of the game... That's exactly what it was. they were up 21 to 3. 21 to 3. And had a chance to go up 28 to 10 at halftime. Got stuffed at like the two yard line with because some reason they ran a backwards play. And I never understand running backwards plays when you have to go one yard. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And Andy Reid apparently wasn't too happy with Patrick Mahomes at halftime. You're up 21 to 3. Bengals score before halftime, get up to 21 to 10. And they were not looking great. It's not like they're looking terrible. Like my friend Andrew, we were watching the game with today. He was like, then this isn't as bad as what it looks like. Score wise, yeah, 21 to 10, you're down by eleven points. Three three possession game. It's or two possession, I guess. I was just going by field goals, I guess. But <laughs> but it's the Chiefs. They've been to four straight AFC championship games. They've been to three straight Super Bowls. Like they're... Or two. Two. Right? Two? They won, They beat the they beat the Niners. And lost to the Bucks. And lost to Pay. Okay, yeah, this was the fourth one. Okay, second two straight Super Bowls, four straight AFC Championship games, and they had a chance to go to the third one if they won this game. And then they choked it away. Very anti-Chiefs. They choked this one away. And the thing is, I think Patrick Mahomes is easily a top three quarterback in the NFL. And I think after watching what him and Josh Allen did last week, is a top two quarterback. I said on Wednesday I adjusted my quarterback ranks to have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes 1-2. After what I watched last week. But good lord, I better see, and I will be very upset if I don't see this, and I already know I'm not going to see it. Patrick Mahomes choked this game away. The best quarterback in most people's eyes in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes choked this game away. Against the Bengals, who by all accounts do not have a very good secondary. Jesse Bates is a good safety. That's about it. And Eli Apple got cooked 90% of the time. He made a good tackle on the one-yard line to stop Tyreek Hill from going in. But they don't have a good... They have good edge rushers. Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, good players. Nothing to take away from them. Their run defense is top five in the league. We talked about that in the Titans game, where the Cincinnati Bengals, I thought would win the game because of their run defense. And I didn't think the Titans secondary could stop their pass offense. And it worked, let alone maybe the Titans could have been smarter. They definitely could have. They left four points off the board and they lost by three. (laughs) They won the game. And they sat Joe Burrow nine times. But Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, the start of the game, he was like 13 of 15 or something like that. And then he threw two costly interceptions, one of them on the line of scrimmage pretty much, and the other one in overtime. And not just in overtime. And this is what a lot of Bills fans have been tweeting on on Twitter, obviously. Patrick Mahomes threw an interception with 13 seconds in overtime. 13 seconds. So now, we have two organizations that have to live with 13 seconds for the rest of their lives. Patrick Mahomes threw an interception 13 seconds in overtime. The Bills couldn't stop the Kansas City Chiefs offense for 13 seconds. And the Bengals rallied back. Bengals kept chipping away. Chiefs had to settle for a field goal. And then, at the end of the game, in the fourth quarter, Chiefs are driving, looks like they're going to win, and Patrick Mahomes gets sacked, not once, but twice, and fumbles on the last one. Thankfully, Joe Tooney's there to recover the ball, so it didn't end up hurting them in the end because they kicked a field goal. Well, I guess it technically did hurt them in the end because they would have wanted a touchdown instead of a field goal. But man, Patrick Mahomes, if this, I, I know I say this a lot, and I know Bill's fans say it a lot, and it might sound whiny, it might sound annoying, I don't care. If that was Josh Allen, we would never hear the end of it on social media, on sports media, or on sports TV shows, or whatever. Josh Allen would be considered a terrible-ass quarterback. Now, I know, and I'm well aware Pat, what Patrick Mahomes has done to this point to get Kind of out of those situations because he's won a Super Bowl. He's been to four straight AFC Championship games like we talked about. He's been to two Super Bowls. So, I know. He's got the hardware to back up the claims to where you don't go. He's a terrible quarterback. Like in the Super Bowl last year. Everybody's praising Patrick Mahomes for these insane throws that Josh Allen was doing before. Josh Allen doesn't have an offensive line. But we're praising Mahomes for throwing incomplete passes. We're bashing Allen for doing the same thing. And I don't want to sit here and say that Mahomes is a terrible quarterback. I'm not saying that. I just want to hear the same energy that they had for Josh Allen when he had games like this in the big moments. But one thing Josh Allen never did is choke a game away. To my knowledge, in Josh Allen's career, he has not choked a game away. Josh Allen, statistically, is one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the NFL. And during his rookie year, up until his second year, I believe he had the most or second most comeback drives or fourth quarter touchdown drives or last second touchdown drives or game winning game tying touchdown drives in the NFL. Finally like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson are tied with one of those two. Like it just doesn't happen. But yeah, I've been bashed for years and Bills have been bashed for years. Josh Allen's not very good. Now we're starting to get it because Josh Allen had two of the greatest playoff games in NFL history. Statistically, it's not even debatable. That Josh Allen had two of the greatest playoff games of all time. And played a two of the great, the greatest game in Bills history, at least in my lifetime, the Bills-Patriots game, and the greatest playoff game in NFL history between the Chiefs. Balled out both times. So that hurts when I had to sit there and watch the Kansas City Chiefs, one of my least favorite teams in the NFL, though my opinions have changed about them for the most part. I still don't like them. But I had a great time in Kansas City last time I was there. Apart from the the, the fan throwing crap at me. But I I had a great time with the people around me other than that guy. Who left, anyways, before the Chiefs ended up winning the game. He left after the 13 seconds. After the Bills scored the touchdown with 13 seconds left. He left. So that was pretty cool. But the Bengals win. Patrick Mahomes chokes the game away and the Bengals win. So now we get to see the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. When you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow... Anything and everything is possible. And now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Joe Burrow is now the greatest quarterback of all time. Because I still hold this opinion that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are on a different level than Joe Burrow. Maybe not at the same, I don't know, confidence slash cockiness level of Joe Burrow. But they're at another level in regards to who they are as quarterbacks. Because though Joe Burrow won this game, Joe Burrow did not play better against the Kansas City Chiefs than Josh Allen did. Josh Allen, again, had one of the greatest games of all time. And lost. It's the luck of the draw sometimes. And Joe Burrow won. But I don't want to hear that he is on the same level as Mahomes and Allen just because he beat Patrick Mahomes this time. Because so he didn't have a better game than Allen, he didn't have a better game than Mahomes last week. I know Mahomes sucked this week, but... If I'm going like through the young quarterbacks in the NFL... I would go Mahomes Allen one and two, whatever order you want to have them in, I don't care. Gap, Burrow, Herbert, Gap, Lamar, and Kyler, and whoever else you want to throw in there. There's a gap between one and two and three and four. And you can put that down to, oh, they haven't played that long in the NFL. Both Burrow and Herbert are in their second year in the NFL. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have been in their fourth and fifth years in the NFL. But I think we can have these conversations about these two being the top. Bur- Her- Jeez. Burrow and Herbert. Being top six quarterbacks, I don't even think that's a question anymore. Like before the game started, I was watching NFL Network this morning and they interviewed Tyler Boyd, one of the Bengals wide receivers. For those of you who are unaware, and they asked him, Where's this confidence come from? And he was talking about all the different things, and then he said, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the most confident player in the NFL. Most confident. Bar none. The most confident player in the NFL. Like, if you're talking of confidence level, I'm not saying he will ever become this player or is just is at this level yet. His confidence is at Tom Brady level. Tom Brady came with the NFL as a six-round draft pick, picked 199 for the New England Patriots, was kept on the roster as a four-string quarterback, wasted roster spot, because Bill Belichick said we don't want to lose him to someone else. He had to battle out with Drew Henson, who's Mr. Michigan for football and baseball. Ended up winning a, uh, what was it, Sugar Bowl or Orange Bowl against Alabama. I don't remember. Sugar Bowl or Orange Bowl. Doesn't matter. He won a bowl and he had a comeback game against Alabama. And Brady goes up to Robert Kraft after he got drafted. And they're at training camp and all that stuff. And he goes up to Mr. Kraft and goes, Hey, uh, hi, Mr. Kraft. Uh, do you know who I am? He says, Yes, you're Tom Brady. We just drafted you with a six-round pick. And he said, That's right. And I'm going to be the greatest pick you guys have ever made. And that's true. And I'm not saying that Joe Burrow is going to be Tom Brady or anything. All I'm saying is his confidence level is at that same level of Tom Brady. To where no matter what you tell Joe Burrow, he listens to one voice and one voice only, and that's his own. Because most quarterbacks in the NFL fold in that situation. You're at Arrowhead, the loudest stadium in the NFL, on the road in a divisional championship game, or championship game, and your team's never won a playoff game. You haven't won a playoff game in 31 years. You're not supposed to be here. Most quarterbacks in the NFL would fold in those situations. Not Burrow. Not the Bengals. And I'm so happy. I know that Burrow's going to Super Bowl for Josh Allen. I, that part hurts. But I'm glad it's Joe Burrow. Because again, I have nothing but good things to say about Joe Burrow. Not one Negative comment about Joe Burrow, never have and I never will. And he deserves it, thoroughly, thoroughly deserves it. And I'm excited to see what he does in the Super Bowl. I'm really excited. We have my dad and I have a friend from Cincinnati that my dad used to do business with. We still keep in touch with them pretty regularly. We went to a Bills-Bengals game with him a few years ago. It was Tyrod Taylor versus Andy Dalton. Very exciting game. Dan Carpenter and I think Mike Nugent was a kicker for the Bengals. I swear they missed like 100 field goals that day. It's like one of the worst kicking days in NFL history. It was the first year, I think it was the first year, at least maybe second year, of when they moved the extra point back. So that was a very odd time in the NFL where every kicker, no matter how good you were, was just missing kicks left and right. But my dad, again, thinking more about Josh Allen than cheering for Joe Burrow or cheering for the Bengals. He is happy for John and that the Bengals won the game. He is happy. He's hurt inside a little bit, but he is happy. Because, though he doesn't want Joe Burrow to go to the Super Bowl for Josh Allen, I think he would much rather have him go than Patrick Mahomes and the Bengals. Or the Chiefs. At least I would think so. Live in Iowa my entire life, a lot of Chiefs fans in Des Moines. <laughs> a lot of Chiefs fans when I went down to William Penn. A lot of Chiefs fans all over the state. More Chiefs fans now than there was when I was a kid, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but... Moving on to something else, we're going to take off the games for a little bit. We brought, kind of brought them up a little bit. Uh, Tom Brady, the greatest, undeniably, the greatest quarterback of all time. New England Patriots, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, seven Super Bowls, first quarterback to win five, then won two more after that, won one with a new team, a team that just finished 7-9 and nine the year before, took him to a freaking Super Bowl in his first year with the team at 43 years old, announced he retired from the NFL. Or did he? There's conflicting reports about what Tom Brady is doing with his NFL future. A few days ago, CBS Sports posted something where it was, oh, be ready. There's going to be some big news coming out of Tom Brady's camp. Oh, it's going to be insane. It's, oh, Tom Brady, what's going to happen? He's going to have some retirement news. Will he retire? Will he stay? And then Adam Schefter yesterday, Saturday, tweeted out saying Tom Brady's officially retired. And the whole world around, not just the NFL, in the world of sports, was rattled because this is a guy that seemed inevitable that he was just going to play forever didn't matter what happened it didn't matter the circumstance or the team he was on he was going to play forever and he was going to win forever that's just what tom brady is is tom brady the most athletically gifted quarterback of all time no does he have the strongest arm of all time no but like burrow that's where burrow gets it the confidence is on a whole nother stratosphere like, this dude took Kembrel Tompkins and Aaron Dobson to the Super Bowl. He made Deion Branch a star. <laughs> made Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, a former quarterback. Gronk, the only quarterback he said he'll ever play for is with Tom Brady. And people want to go, who's responsible for the dynasty? Well, I'll tell you like this. When I was growing up, the Bills got shit-stomped every year Tom Brady played the Bills. 32-3. and We have said this record a thousand times on the Logan Blackman show because it sticks that much until this year until this year when Josh Allen and the Bills beat the Houston Texans Tom Brady who only plays at the Bills stadium once a year when he was playing with the Patriots had more wins at the Bills stadium than any Bills quarterback who plays there what eight times a year except for that stupid year they used to play in Toronto That's st- that was terrible that was one of the dumbest things they used to do I'm so glad they don't do that anymore 17 years, or 18 years in Patriots, 17 times he beat the Bills in Buffalo. The only time he lost the Bills in Buffalo, Ryan Lindell kicked a game winner. It was with Ryan Fitzpatrick, quarterback. We watched it in my nana and papa's basement. My dad almost cried that day. When you're a Bills fan growing up with that, I guess they they beat him in Buffalo when they uh, drew Bledsoe's first year. They beat him like 30-3 to three or something like that, if I remember right. Like Drew B- Brady's first ever season as a Patriots full time starter the year after they won the Super Bowl against the Rams. Drew Bledsoe, first year with the Bills, thrashed the Patriots. Former Patriots quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, I should say. But you're seeing 32 and three more wins at your own stadium than any quarterback in your franchise history over the 21st century. That is depression right there. <laughs> full blown depression. But when Tom Brady didn't play, you didn't fear the Patriots. It was this weird, like weight that was lifted off your shoulders when you played the Patriots with Jimmy Garoppolo, with Bre- Jacoby Brissett, with Brian Hoyer, with Matt Castle. You didn't have that fear of the Patriots. It was like a weight weight was lifted off your shoulders. Brady's not here. I remember growing up, and when the Bills would beat the Patriots in those odd times, it's usually around like week sixteen or week seventeen because the Patriots bench all their stars. They already clinched the playoff spot. They're playing the worst division in football, so already clinched everything. My dad would always go, yeah, beat the Patriots, but it's not. I want to beat Brady. 90% of Bill's fans you talk to, maybe 95, would say, if you beat Brady, that was the only time it counted when you beat the Patriots. The only time. So I'm sorry if I sit here and go, the dynasty is all... It's not all down to Brady. I shouldn't say it's all down. It is 75% Tom Brady. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. But we've seen what is... You can't replace Tom Brady. You get a guy in Mac Jones that is basically the carbon copy image of Tom Brady. Not that fast. Not that athletic looking. Not the strongest arm in the world. Very smart. Very competitive. Very accurate. Everything Tom Brady was is Mac Jones. I guarantee Tom Brady doesn't get slapped 47-17 in the playoffs by the Buffalo Bills of all teams. He doesn't get beat by 10 or 15 points in Foxborough by the Buffalo Bills. You bring Cam Newton in, you bring Mac Jones in. The only time he beat the Bills since Brady's left was that stupid blizzard game where he just ran the ball 30 times. Or 60 times. It was some, I don't remember exactly the numbers. It was ridiculous. Mac Jones took three passes. But Tom Brady, whether he's retired or not, Tom Brady is undeniably, unquestionably the GOAT. I don't care what anybody says. The top three quarterbacks in NFL history, in my mind, are never changing. Brady, Montana, Manning. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning. The other pieces you can fill out yourself. John Elway will probably be number four. Johnny Unitas, uh, freaking Dan Marino, some quarterbacks like that would come in at number five. But the top three is Brady, Montana, Bra- or Manning. And I remember when Brady passed Montana, in my mind, as the GOAT, was that Falcons super bowl 28 to 3 brady comes back that look on his eyes after he threw the pick six to the atlanta falcons that change in his face patriots winning the game me and every bills fan out there now i know there's other fans that have been hurt by tom brady in the past but i don't think any more so than the buffalo bills i mean 32 and 3 <laughs> now 33 and 3 that face change is like this game's over this game is over. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So I don't care if Tom Brady's retired or not. For my own selfish reasons, Tom Brady's retired. <laughs> and, by, and by mind, Tom Brady is retired from the NFL. Whether it's official or not, he's retired. <laughs> I have, I have done that. I have moved on. I am ready for the Kyle Trask era in Tampa Bay and Brady to move on somewhere else. Now this came out of nowhere. I was not sitting around going, oh, I wonder if Tom Brady's going to retire. And then, there's the report. And then, oh, it's confirmed. And then, oh wait, he might not retire. <laughs> but man, regardless, Tom Brady's the GOAT. And I, I, he caused me a lot of pain, but I respect Tom Brady. I respect Tom Brady. He caused me a shitload of pain throughout my life. Doesn't matter. I'm not that petty to not, Say he's the GOAT. It's undeniable. If people say other quarterbacks, they're stupid. That's all that matters. <laughs> it's like what we talked about last week with Dawson Knox. If you don't like Josh Allen, you don't know football, it's kind of the same thing. Because people want to go, oh, he checks down all the time. If you're a smart quarterback, you take what the defense gives you. He might not have the most exhilarating highlights of all time. But you don't decide greatness of a highlight tape. Because by that logic, Michael Vick is the greatest quarterback of all time. People talk about, oh, look at this throw, look at this throw, look at this. No. Look at the management. Look at the route tree. Look at what he's reading and go, that's the smart throw. Don't force anything. I watched Aaron Rodgers force about 1,000 passes to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones last week and scored 10 points against the 49ers. 10. In Lambeau. Jimmy Garoppolo's never played a game below freezing in his NFL career. And you get beat by the 49ers. Like, all the other things that go like, Tom Brady's this, Tom Brady's that. You don't. Highlights, I... You can't just go off highlights when you're scouting people or talking about players. You can't just go off that. Every single metric you look for, Tom Brady. Like, sure, Aaron Rodgers... Is got the most gifted arm in NFL history, probably. Tom Brady doesn't have that. But we're not sitting here and saying Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time, like some people out there say. We're not saying that. Don't even get me started on that. (laughs) I like Aaron Rodgers. I do. But I said this last Wednesday. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback get more excuses throughout their career than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers said he was going to make the San Francisco 49ers pay for not drafting first overall, he's 0-4 against the Niners in the playoffs. 0-4. Every time Tom Brady said he's going to make you pay, Tom Brady kicked the shit out of that team and made them remember what they did to do wrong. There's nothing scarier in the entire NFL, in NFL history, than a pissed-off Tom Brady. Pissed-off Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 against the 49ers in the playoffs. A team that he said he was going to make pay. I don't think the 49ers really care at this point. Now, would they be better off with Aaron Rodgers than if they drafted Aaron Rodgers over Alex Smith? Yes. But throughout how many quarterbacks they've had since they drafted Alex Smith, like Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, Blaine Gabbert, uh, what other quarterbacks they had over there? Jimmy G, C.J. Beathard, Brian Hoyer, all these quarterbacks. And Aaron Rodgers still can't beat them in the playoffs. And I love Aaron, not love, I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. But we're not calling him the greatest. I know some people out there that would consider him this, and I'm not. We're not doing that. We are not. <laughs> but regardless if he's retired or not, I think we're going to get the future, the answer to that sometime here in the near future. Regardless if he's retiring or not, and if he doesn't retire, you know what? Tom Brady's going to just win the Super Bowl next year because he's all pissed off because everybody says he's retiring. Because that's just what Tom Brady does. He's going to say people are going to say he's retired. He's going to go, what the hell? I'm not retired. And then come back and kick the shit out of everybody next year. It's just what Tom Brady does. But regardless, whether he retires or whether he stays in the NFL, he's the GOAT. And Tom Brady undeniably had the greatest career in NFL history. And he beat the crap out of my team the entire time he played him, Apart from three times. (laughs) But man, the team Tom Brady played in the playoffs this year, the Los Angeles Rams, they took on the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. And this game, I'm not going to really lie here, was kind of a snooze fest. There was a portion of the game, now I don't know if this is just me with my messed up sleep schedule as it is, there were portions of this game where I was really close to falling asleep. Really close. Boring game. 17-20 to 20 was the final. Okay? It was 10-7 at halftime. Not the most exhilarating game of all time. And... In the end, the Rams ended up winning. Matthew Stafford went from the Detroit Lions to the L.A. Rams a year ago on the 31st. And on January 30th, he gets the Rams to the Super Bowl. And we said the entire season, the whole thing behind this trade was to get the Rams to the Super Bowl. Upgrading the quarterback position will get the Rams to the Super Bowl. They got to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Got decently far. They got to a divisional round game last year with Jared Goff playing on a broken thumb. Like they, Jared Goff, I think it's a little more hate than what he deserves, but he's not better than Matthew Stafford. We said that. I didn't think it was as wide of a gap as what everybody was making it out to be, because I think Matthew Stafford, once he got the trade, started becoming a lot more overrated. He was underrated quarterback in Detroit. I don't think he got as much love as he deserved, but when people underrate a person so much to where they start considering at the time, a top five quarterback, like I understand it now. I mean, not really, but the, more so now than what I did back at the start of the season. That's where it gets kind of annoying for me. I'm fine when you calling people underrated quarterbacks. But then overrating them so much is where or underrating so much to where they're overrated is a problem with me. I have very hard I have a very hard time understanding some of that sometimes. And Matt Stafford did what the trade was designed to do. Get the Rams to the Super Bowl. And there were portions of the season where Matt Stafford did not look very good. There was like how many there was some weird amount of games where he threw a pick six. It was something weird like he played terrible against the Packers earlier this year. There's some games that were a little shaky for Stafford. But then you have his biggest game of his career, and it's not today. It wasn't today's game. It was the game against the Bucks. A game with Tom Brady in it. The only reason that we said on here why we would take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is because of their quarterback Tom Brady. Matt Stafford, before last week, when they beat um, the Cardinals, Matt Stafford was 0-3 in the playoffs. Tom Brady is ch- good lord. He has more wins than Super Bowl wins than Matt Stafford has losses in the playoffs, which is 0-3. So I was really sitting here like, the only reason I'm picking the Bucks is Tom Brady. Do I think they should win? No. But it's Tom Brady, so I'm not going to doubt Tom Brady. That's one thing I've learned throughout my entire life, my 24 years on this planet. Don't doubt Tom Brady because he'll always come back to bite you in the ass. Always. Every single time. And the Rams got out to a big lead. And then the Bucs start coming back. And it got to the point where you're looking at the game and it becomes a little more of a mental thing, which is a really weird thing to think about because you're the ones winning the game. But you see the Bucs start chipping away and you go, Tom Brady's there. This they're going to come back and win. We watched this multiple, multiple, multiple times throughout his NFL career. Doesn't matter how much Tom Brady's down in the game, he'll always come back. Every time anybody has ever said Tom Brady was done, he comes back and wins the game. So that's a mental thing that you got to get over where it's like, we know we're good enough, we can't think about the situation that Tom Brady's coming back. Tom Brady's doing this. Do your own thing. And the Rams held on in the end. That's what you need. That was Matthew Stafford's most important game of his career. Going up against the greatest quarterback of all time on the road. That's the most important game of his career. And he won. So going into this game against the Red Hot 49ers team, a team that you've already lost to twice this year, and weirdly, Sean McVay's bogey team, I think he's like 3-8 and eight or 3-7 and seven against San Francisco 49ers in his career. And it's nothing like the 49ers are anything that spectacular. Their secondary is nothing that amazing. You should have seen some of the plays they made in this game if you didn't watch it. Oof, there was portions where the 49ers should definitely sealed this game out. But their edge rush is really good. Their D-line is really good. They got Fred Warner at linebacker. Like Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner. You've got awesome pieces on defense. George Kittle on offense. Debo Samuel. One of the best L- do-everything players in the NFL. if Not the best do-everything player in the NFL. But you had Jimmy Garoppolo. I get, yes, has been to a Super Bowl before. But so has Trent Dilver. So has Kerry Collins. So has Jeff Hostetler. So has all these other b- average to below average quarterbacks throughout the history of NF- the NFL. A lot of really weird quarterbacks have played in the, NFL, the Super Bowl before <laughs> that could, probably should not have any had any business being in the Super Bowl. Neil O'Donnell. Stan Humphreys. Like, if you haven't heard of these players before, I wouldn't be too surprised. Neil O'Donnell had one of the worst Super Bowl performances of all time. Turned that into a monster contract with the Jets. We talked about during that Stay Woke Wednesday period here on the Logan Blackman Show during COVID. When that first kicked off. Had to find things to talk about with no sports going on. Stay Woke Wednesday. Or what was The top five fails thing that we do on Fridays and go through each organizational thing. Like all the bad teams in the NFL. Like the Jets, the Browns, the Bills, the Bears. All these teams. And talk about the worst things they've done throughout their career. Throughout their histories. Neil O'Donnell getting signed by the Jets is definitely one of them. One of the worst free agent signings of all time, given the contract size. And what he did with the Jets, and what he did prior to that. But yeah, this... I don't even remember what we were talking about. Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, everybody knew, basically going into the season, this was going to be his last year with San Francisco. You trade up a lot of spots. You trade from 12 to 3 to draft Trey Lance, I'm sorry. It didn't really matter what Jimmy Garoppolo did. Trey Lance was going to be the starter next year. It was inevitable. Like, it was going to happen. And this is what was best for Trey Lance. Sitting behind a quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo who doesn't traditionally turn the ball over a lot and surprisingly stayed healthy, which I think surprised every 49ers fan and every 49ers coach of every, everything, Jimmy Garoppolo stayed healthy, which was also very beneficial for Trey Lance. Get a stay back, learn the offense. None of these, I mean, Mike McDonald, the offense coordinator, might leave this offseason to be a head coach somewhere. But Kyle Shanahan's offense will stay there. So Trey Lance is ready to be there next year. And I don't know where Jimmy Garoppolo will play next year, but he went out with a bang. I think mean, going all the way to the NFC Championship game, and beating the likes of the Cowboys and the Packers on the road to the most loudest fan base in the NFL, especially in Lambeau when you never played in below freezing temperatures, That's pretty impressive. I'll give Jimmy Garoppolo props on that. Even though I think he's relatively limited as a quarterback, and I think every single NFL fan out there can see that, at least general NFL fans, apart from the looks department, because I'm not going to sit here and say that he's lacking in those departments. No, 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 no. Jimmy Garoppolo is a good-looking dude. We we can all say that and feel fine about ourselves. (laughs) But as a quarterback, he's just nothing special. He did really good in his first few games with the 49ers. Got himself a massive-ass contract. And then kind of saw the rest of that outstay, got hindered all the time. And I think he went under, he was like 7-0 and in his first year as a starter for 49ers. We got to a Super Bowl. And then I was like, yeah, we should probably look at moving on here. Or look at somewhere else. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, the fans like him. The, the team really likes him. But he's just not going to win you a lot of games. The 49ers won games because of you know their edge rushers, Debo, and George Kittle. One of the best running at rushing attacks in the NFL. Elijah Mitchell was awesome this year when he was playing. Elijah Mitchell had himself a really good year and he only played like 13 games or something. He had like 900 yards rushing. Debo Samuel morphed into one of the most elite players in the NFL, one of the most unguardable players in the NFL. He had 26 yards rushing and 72 yards receiving today, which well, 26 yards rushing on the low end for Debo Samuel this year when they started playing him at running back. But yeah, I don't know where Jimmy will play next year. But it won't, I would be willing to bet anything it's not in San Francisco. Regardless, it, it'd be weird if the 49ers hypothetically made it to the Super Bowl because there's not a lot of times that I can think of generally where a team has made it to the Super Bowl and made a quarterback change. I don't see a lot of times that's happened throughout NFL history. I can't really think of one. Like, this is a scenario kind of like the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers thing. Brett Favre lost the Giants to the NFC Championship game and then Aaron Rodgers was ushered in. But Brett Favre was also contemplating retirement. He was older. Jimmy Garoppolo's not that old in comparison to Brett Favre at the time. Jimmy Garoppolo's 30. That's not old for quarterbacks, especially when you look at Tom Brady is 14 years older than him. (laughs) 14 years older. He's still kicking in the NFL. Matt Stafford's 33, which again, relatively young for NFL quarterback standards. At least now, anyways. But yeah. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl. Second time in, what, four years? So they obviously played the Patriots, and then one of the <laughs> one of the more boring Super Bowls in NFL history. Still watched it because it's the Super Bowl, but we got a Los Angeles team playing in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. And this is before last year. We had never had a team play in their home stadium for a Super Bowl. Now we've had it back-to-back years. We had Tampa last year, and we have the Rams this year. That's just weird how that all worked out. I'm going to take a sip of water real quick. Let's get really, let's, really close to the microphone for this one. Oh, that was unnecessary, Logan. Unnecessary. But yeah, we're going to get, as everybody predicted preseason, Bengals, Rams, <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> as every single person predicted preseason, Bengals and the Rams. Who the hell predicted that? I, we were talking about with the Bengals thing. People were posting tweets about how Joe Burrow's just going to be on his back the entire year. Now, in fairness, Joe Burrow was, I think, the most sacked quarterback in the NFL this year. So there was some logic behind that, but. Jamar Chase is the greatest wide receiver, rookie wide receiver in NFL history. Undoubtedly, he just broke the record for most receiving yards in the playoffs by a rookie. I think it was Torrey Holt that held that before. He needed 28 yards today. He finished with 30-something. I can't remember exactly how much he finished with, but... Yeah, the greatest rookie wide receiver of all time. (laughs) It's not not even really close. And that's what we said going into the draft. Like, Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Justin Jefferson broke almost every single rookie receiving record last year. Justin Herbert broke every single passing record, walked away with Rookie of the Year. The only player to take Rookie of the Year votes from Justin Herbert was Justin Jefferson. And Jamar Chase, when those two were at LSU together, Jamar Chase was the number one guy. So I was like, Jamar Chase is easily the number one receiver in the draft. Like, it's not even close. I love Jalen Waddle, and I like Devontae Smith a lot. Because people forget also, Jalen Waddle, before he broke his ankle against Tennessee on the opening kickoff, was having a better season than Devontae Smith. I'm not saying that Devontae Smith didn't deserve a Heisman or is not one of the greatest seasons in college football history. I am saying, though, that his numbers would be down a lot if Jalen Waddell was playing. We said that on Colin Company because I had him as a Heisman dark horse, and we said it during the draft, we said it during the pre-draft, and all that stuff. I had Jalen Waddell as the number two receiver. I feel very vindicated after watching this season, watching Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith That The top three receivers, I think, were pretty self-explanatory back then. And I think they're still self-explanatory right now. Like, Jalen Waddell almost broke, or he did break, the all-time record for catches in a season by a rookie wide receiver. Like, Jalen Waddell is special. And I like Devontae Smith. I like him. But I like the other two more, which is why they went fifth and sixth. Devontae Smith went tenth. But still, top ten pick. But the Bengals were supposed to finish last place. They were supposed to draft a lineman. Joe Burrow had mental issues about his ACL. He mentally couldn't get over the fact he was playing on a torn ACL. He has one of the worst O-lines in football, which was improved this offseason. We talked about that numerous times, while they don't necessarily need to draft a tackle. They made improvements. I'm not saying it was the greatest O-line ever, but they did make improvements from the season before. Bobby Hart wasn't there anymore. That in itself is an upgrade. You might as well have played with four offensive linemen, which is basically what the Bengals did last year. Bengals and Rams? I don't think the Rams is too surprising because... The Rams were expected to win their division. I had the Rams at 12-5 to start the season, and guess what? They finished 12-5. Brainiac over here. I didn't have the Rams making the Super Bowl, but we had them at 12-5. We knew they were going to be a good team. And we knew they were going to be a good team. They have too many pieces, and then they added a piece. You got Odell, you got Vaughn Miller, they brought, <laughs> brought Eric Weddle out of retirement, and now he's in the freaking Super Bowl. And then Cooper Cups there. I mean, Robert Woods, before he tore his ACL. Like you have some good players on this team. They were not going to be a bad team. Everybody, mostly, mostly everybody, expected this team to win the division. Everybody knew the NFC West was the best division in football, but the Rams were the cream of the crop in the division, and now they're in the Super Bowl. So I don't think the Rams making it, it's too surprising. The Bengals, Bengals weren't supposed to be anything. You are supposed to be in the second best division in football with the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns. <laughs> the Browns. Again, complete roster, elite edge rushers, great O-line, best O-line in football, best running game in football. Like, everything. They're going to be there. Steelers, really good defense. Limited offensively. They're going to come in third in the division. At least that's what everybody thought. O-line was limited. Big Ben's older. Probably should have retired last year. But they have some good... I mean, Devontae Johnson's really good wide receiver. Najee Harris, just drafted him first round. And then you have the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Great rushing attack. O-line struggles, but defense is what the Ravens are good at. So what they've always been good at with the Ravens. Well, Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Steelers are about as good as what expected. I think they had them going 9-8 at the start of the year. They finished 8-8-1. Eight, eight, I think is what they finished this year. 9-7-1, something along those lines. And the Browns, biggest disappointment in the NFL, easily. Finished 7-10. I think it's 8-9, something like that. And I do think it's funny, looking back at it, when the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield, what Joe Burrow is is what the Browns thought they were getting with Baker Mayfield. Joe Burrow is what they thought they were getting. And they got a way lesser version of Joe Burrow. Way lesser version. Way lesser version. I like Baker Mayfield's backstory. Walk-on quarterback, Texas Tech, transferred to Oklahoma, first walk-on to ever win a Heisman Trophy, first walk-on to uh, be drafted first overall. But even then, it was seen as a reach. Most people had him as the fourth-best quarterback in the draft class. They drafted him first overall because when they walked into his pro day, he said, woo! And the whole crowd did it too. That's what apparently turned the tide for the Browns drafting Baker Mayfield. That was it. Baker Mayfield is not even close to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is clear of Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield (laughs) is a has deactivated social media apparently because people reminded him that he's nowhere as good as the quarterback that was drafted seventh and the quarterback that they were apparently fighting about drafting, which turned out to be just a smoke screen to get the bills to try to trade up with them to draft. <laughs> oh man. The Browns passed on Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen to draft Baker Mayfield. Same with the jets Cardinals drafted on Lamar Jackson to draft Josh Rosen. Like we're going to have a 30 for 30 on Josh Allen. Eventually going over what he did throughout his life to get to where he is now and it's gonna be like the Brady six <laughs> where you got like Giovanni Carmazzi uh Spurgeon Wynn T Martin Kyle uh what was a Mark Bolger Chris Redmond who else was there Matt, Chad Pennington am I forgetting anybody Kyle Buller wasn't in that one and I, I, Chris Redmond got drafted by the Ravens like it wasn't so it wasn't Kyle Bowler. he was drafted a little later I feel like there was one more what Pennington, Bolger, T. Martin, Spurgeon Wynn, Giovanni Camazzi. Did I say Chris Redmond already? Chad Pennington, Chris Redmond, Mark Bolger, T. Martin, Spurgeon Wynn. Who's the other one? I feel like I'm saying different names each time, and I just keep forgetting different Who's the last one? There's one more. I don't remember who the last one was. There's one more. But we're going to have something like that with Baker Mayfield <laughs> Sam Darnold. The Browns, their only weakness, really, on their roster, probably getting another wide receiver and then a quarterback. <laughs> they are what you call a quarterback away from being a good team. That is not a, a, not a team you want to be a part of. You know, you're a good team, but you're a quarterback away. That's not, that's not what you want to hear. And Baker Mayfield has deleted all social media, or gone off social media or something, because after the Bills-Chiefs game, people, I guess, were tweeting Baker about, hey, uh, Josh Allen, shit's on you. <laughs> and once Sam Darnold play on the Panthers, and Baker Mayfield was talk about getting traded. And I'll give Baker Mayfield credit. Dude's tough as shit. I'm not going to take anything away from that. Baker Mayfield played on a hurt shoulder the entire season. Left shoulder. But <laughs> even when he's healthy, it's not close. <laughs> There is a gulf between Josh and Baker Mayfield. There isn't even a gulf between Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. Like, I think 99% of people out there think Josh Allen's the best, easily the best quarterback in that draft class. It's not even close. Josh, Lamar, everybody else. Don't care. You can put him whatever order you want. Rosen last, I, I guess. I think Mason Rudolph's also in that draft class, so maybe put him last. I, I don't know. But I guess Rudolph's had more chances in the NFL than Rosen has because I mean, they're both kind of dickheads, aren't they? No one really likes either one of them. What the hell were we even talking about? Oh, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow. But speaking of Baker Mayfield, I thought it'd be kind of fun to look at, and we talked about this with Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit, being on another team. Let's—I'm gonna give you like a percentage of what chance I think the starting quarterback for that team will be back next year. So, like certain teams that are 100%, like the Bills, Josh Allen 100%, Patriots, Mac Jones 100%, Zach Wilson 100% with the Jets, Lamar with the Ravens 100%, Joe Burrow 100%. Then we got Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville, 100%. Ryan Tannehill, 100%. Even though he didn't, play, played really bad against the Bengals. Kansas Patrick Patrimones, 100%. Chargers, Justin Herbert, 100%. Cowboys, Dak, 100%. Giants, Daniel Jones, probably 100%, if we're being honest. Jalen Hurts, 100%. They basically say he's going to be the starter next year. Bears, Justin Fields, 100%. Vikings, uh, uh, we'll move on from that one. Falcons, Matt Ryan, Cardinals, Kyler Murray, Rams, Matt Stafford, Seahawks, Russell Wilson. I guess I shouldn't say Russell Wilson there yet because he could get traded. wouldn't be surprised if he got traded, to be honest. But, like, the Miami Dolphins, this one we'll start off with. Tua is got the backing of the GM and owner. So, hypothetically speaking, that should be enough to make him 100%. But I'm going to put him at, like, 80 because I don't know who their head coach will be. I thought Brian Dable was the perfect guy for the Miami Dolphins. He not only worked in the organization before – He had worked with Tua before. And when you fired your last head coach, who was a damn good head coach, by the way, when you fired your last head coach because he didn't like Tua, you better do your damnedest to try and get a coach in that likes Tua, that has worked with Tua. Brian Dable was that. And you let him slip to your fingers to go up to the Giants. Now, that could have been, a lot of Bills fans joking about this on Twitter, he didn't want to play Josh Allen twice a year. Makes sense. Josh Allen has owned the Dolphins. He lost one time. It was the first time he ever played the Dolphins of his career, and they should have won that game. He has utterly owned the Miami Dolphins since coming to the league. So I understand it from that aspect. But I'm going to go with like 80, 85% for Tua. Because I do think there's that small chance that they move on somewhere. I think Tua's fine. I'm not saying that I would want Tua to be my starting quarterback. I don't. I don't. If I'm the Dolphins, I would be, if they're fans, I'd be gutted watching Justin Herbert ball out. Watching Tua be an average quarterback to average to above average quarterback in the NFL. Watching Herbert be a top six quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that would hurt, especially since he went one pick after. And our head coach, Brian Flores, that we just fired, wanted Justin Herbert. That would make it a thousand times worse. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next one, Baker. Uh, probably probably 75 to 80%. Because I do think there's a chance that they move on from Baker. Because again, they're a quarterback away. They have an elite D de- or an elite. They have an elite off the line. They have an elite running game. They have two of the best tight ends in the like tight end duos in the NFL, and David Njoku and Austin Hooper. One of the best tight end duos, if not the best tight end duo in the NFL. Elite edge rusher and Miles Garrett. Really solid secondary with one of the more underrated corners of the NFL and Denzel Ward. Like, that's what you call a quarterback away. And if you look at the Browns front office, their coaching staff, the people that drafted Baker Mayfield are no longer there. John Dorsey is gone. Hugh Jackson, gone. Freddie Kitchens, gone. The only reason they hired Freddie Kitchens is because Baker Mayfield wanted him. And now Freddie Kitchens probably should not get a head of coaching job ever again in the NFL. But that's what your quarterback wanted, and it sucked. It was awful. Now, I'm not going to say here and say Kevin Stefanski is the greatest coach of all time. He's made some really weird decisions in his time as a Browns coach, especially the latter stages this year with the lack of carries. He would sometimes give to Nick Chubb in favor to Ernest Johnson – which I don't think, I don't to take anything away from Ernest Johnson. I think he's fine, but it's Nick Chubb. <laughs> but, like, if you look at what they play, is Case Keenum really that much worse than Baker Mayfield? No, he's not. And I'm not, I've never really been the biggest Case Keenum fan. But Case Keenum is not a massive drop-off between him and Baker Mayfield. But I do think, maybe lower it to 65-70. to 70. I think I said 75-80, 65-70. Because they are a quarterback away. They are a quarterback away. Steelers, Big Ben, I mean, zero. He's retired. So that one's pretty easy to move on. Uh, Texans, Davis Mills, slash Deshaun Watson. I don't know who their quarterback is. I think it's 50-50 shot between those two. I think it, depending on who you're bringing in as a head coach, that would change who your quarterback is. Because I think if you bring in Brian Flores, I think Deshaun Watson would come back to the Houston Texans. To hopefully try to rectify some of that issues that they've had there because it's a coach that he wants to play for. A coach that he respects. But... We'll have to see. I think Davis Mills is good. I think they got something there. Davis Mills had played like 14 games post high school when he got drafted. That's a, that's an Alabama season. 14 games. And that's a bad one too. That's before they even make the national championship. 14 games. And I could be wrong. here. I, I, it's something like 14 games. It's in the like low teens. I think you've got something there. I like Davis Mills quite a bit. He's athletic. Smart dude. Doesn't turn the ball over too much. Had more 300-yard passing games than any other rookie quarterback this year. So I'm like 50-50 on both of them right now. Because I don't know who's going to be there. Carson Wentz, 70%. Because, yeah, his numbers were fine. But there are some really odd decisions there. And I think if you take Jonathan Taylor out of that team, you Carson Wentz numbers go way down. Way down. Because there were some games he didn't even need to do anything. Like you watch the game against the Bills. Jonathan Taylor had five touchdowns. Carson Wentz, he didn't do anything that game, except not be stupid. And even then, like, against the Jaguars, you ask Carson Wentz to be your savior, to ease into a playoff game that you didn't even really realize until after the fact that it was a play-in game, because you're playing the Jaguars, there might be a chance that there's a change there. I think the thing that saves Carson is that previous relationship with Frank Reich. I think that's what saves him for this. But I would not be shot in the slightest if they moved on from Carson Wentz, so I get like sixty-five to seventy percent. Uh, Denver, Teddy or Drew Locke, a zero. <laughs> There's no way in hell those two are starting next year. They're either drafting one or they're trading for a quarterback or signing one in free agency. There is no way you can look at that and go, "Yeah, we're gonna get, we're gonna keep those two. Especially after getting Nathaniel Hackett, offensive-minded head coach, who just worked with Aaron Rodgers, and you were linked with heavily with Aaron Rodgers last year. Aaron Rodgers pretty much as good as gone from Green Bay as, well as I'm concerned, so I wouldn't be surprised with that at all. So, or you get like Matt Crowder, can he pick it or something like that? But there is no chance you're going in with Tay Bridgewater and Drew Locke as your unquestioned starters next year. Uh, Derek Carr for the Raiders, Josh McDaniels just got hired as the head coach there, and I'm not a huge fan of Josh McDaniels. I don't. There's not a lot of people that are big fans of Josh McDaniels. I think he's an asshat, but that's beside the point. Uh, my friend T-Boy, we've had on the show before, has never really been a big fan of Josh McDaniels. He's pretty conservative in regards to his offensive play calling. But, I do think him and Derek Carr would work well together. Offensive-minded head coach. Good quarterback. good Average to good quarterback. Above average quarterback. I, I, we've talked about this before. He's easily a top 15 quarterback, and there's nothing, anything wrong with that. But, that being said, they have talked about for years now. This has been like, ever since Derek Carr broke his leg, it's been every offseason, it feels like since then, they have talked about, oh yeah, Derek Carr's probably going to get traded. Derek Carr's going to get traded to Washington. Derek is going to get traded to Denver. Derek Carr's going to get traded to Los Angeles. Or whatever. whatever. Derek Carr was getting traded at least eight or nine times, it felt like, throughout his tenure in Vegas. But I think with Josh McDaniels coming, I think he's about like 80% to be back next year. I I think he's... I think he should stay in Vegas, finish his career out there. Josh McDaniels would be good. I, I think him and Josh McDaniels would be kind of fun together. Maybe, hypothetically. We don't really know. I, again, I don't like Josh McDaniels. Uh, the Giants, I think that this is as close to 100% as you can get because of the fact you brought in Brian Dable. Because of the fact you brought in Brian Dable, that means you're trying to develop Daniel Jones into becoming a franchise quarterback. And I think Daniel Jones has the tools to be a franchise quarterback. I really do. I think Daniel Jones is mobile. I think he is a smart quarterback. I just think he needs to cut down on playing scared. I think that's his massive issue. When you come from Buffalo, with Brian Dable, playing with a quarterback that has never been afraid to do anything on the football field, dude, dude hurled Anthony Barr in his second ever NFL start. Like, what the hell is that? You can't play scared. was always what coaches taught you when you're growing up. You can't play scared. If you play scared, you're going to get hurt. And Daniel Jones plays scared more than any other quarterback in the NFL, it feels like. If you get him some confidence, you build the O-line again, I think Daniel Jones could develop into a nice quarterback. I'm not saying he's ever going to get anywhere close to Josh Allen. We talked about that last Wednesday, about Josh Allen being the anomaly in regards to developing quarterbacks. But bringing a guy in like Dable, who has been a part of the development process of one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, that's what the Giants are looking at here. I think Daniel Jones has all the tools to be a good quarterback in the NFL. We just need to see it out to fruition. I think Daniel Jones will be back. I... Rightly or wrongly, I guess a lot of people don't like Daniel Jones. He has some very odd decisions. He fumbles the ball like every other carry, it feels like. He tripped over his own feet in one game, so that's not really a good, uh, I don't know, barometer for how good. For the, I, like, if some random person watched that, you wouldn't think that guy's a really good quarterback. He's not really good. I think he's on the. I think he's easily below average quarterback at this point in time. But I think he could develop into a good quarterback. So I would probably say about 80%, 85%. It's not that I'd like some of the other quarterbacks, like Carson Wentz or Tua, or Baker, that we mentioned before, are all better than Daniel Jones. And we've talked about before, I could make a solid argument that Daniel Jones is better than Baker Mayfield. I'm not going to, but I could make an argument if I was pressed on it enough. I just think with bringing Dable in, I think that's what's getting, keeping Daniel Jones' job this year. That's what I think. Washington, Taylor Heineke, probably like 15%. Chance he's going to be the, the starter next year. Because I would be pretty surprised If the Washington football team didn't draft a quarterback, let alone sign one in free agency or trade for one, I think Trubisky would be a very, very good piece of business for the Washington football team. He's easily an upgrade on Taylor Heineke. I think Trubisky, this has bothered me ever since he got drafted, has been one of the more overhated players in NFL history. Like, Ryan Clark was comparing him to Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf. Why? Those two played a grand total of, like, 15 games in the NFL. Trubisky took Matt Nagy to the playoffs, twice in four years and should have won one of them against the Philadelphia Eagles on the double doink game Matt Nagy is an asshat and people now that they got the quarterback we like in Justin Fields now we can go oh yeah it's Matt Nagy's fault it wasn't Trubisky's fault well it doesn't matter now does it Trubisky's gone you guys have bashed him relentlessly he is better than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL right now or not a lot a lot not a lot about half the quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, he's better than Denver's quarterbacks. He's Den- better than Washington's quarterbacks. He's better than Daniel Jones. I can make a solid argument he's better than Jared Goff. Like The hate Trubisky got made zero sense to me. Like, I understand you drafted Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson, but Baker's gotten nowhere near the hate for getting drafted over Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Nowhere near that. Is Baker better than Trubisky? What the hell has Baker done that is better than Trubisky? What? Name one thing Baker Mayfield is better than Trubisky, except for, I'll give you toughness, but even Trubisky played with a hurt shoulder. Give me one thing Baker Mayfield is better than Trubisky. And I'll hold my hands up if it's actually true. Because I don't see a lot of things that are different than the pair. I don't think Baker just gets enough, like, I don't want to say this about players, but if we bash Trubisky as much as we did, Baker deserves a lot of that as well. Because Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, two quarterbacks that are in question here, are two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL that the Browns and Bears passed on. And Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson are also very good quarterbacks. Even Lamar Jackson is one of the unanimous MVPs, the second ever player to do that in NFL history. The Browns passed on him for Baker Mayfield. Like, no one's taught, We don't talk about that enough. But Trubisky, I think, should start for Washington next year. At least in some capacity. Taylor Heineke, 10-15% to chance he's back. Goff, I think he'll start every game next year. But I think they'll draft a quarterback. I would imagine he's probably about 80% chance to be the starter next year. I don't think Jared Goff's that bad. I think Jared Goff gets a lot more hate than what he deserves as well. I don't think Jared Goff is, like, the smartest quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) But... I do think he's fine. I think he's fine. He was on a terrible-ass team this year with no wide receivers. Like, You're on the Lions. And you win 11-6 and against the spread this year. Remember, good teams win, great teams cover. And that's what the Lions did. Packers, Aaron Rodgers, good lord. Like, 40% chance Aaron Rodgers is back? They're in cap hell. They can't bring anybody back, really. So we're going to usher in the Jordan Love era, and people are going to be so quick to judge Jordan Love because this team's probably not going to be very good next year. Rodgers probably going to be gone. Devontae Adams will probably be gone. It's not really looking that great in Green Bay right now. And Rodgers has made his opinions very clear about the Packers in the past. And his comments earlier this week, or when they lost the 49ers, basically was like, when I come to a decision, I'll let you know. So there's probably a chance he retires. There's a good chance he leaves. Either way, I don't think he's playing for the Packers. But we said the same thing last year. It's been a few years now with talking about this. So I'm going to say less than 50%, maybe like 35%. 35%. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I mean, 90. I don't really get all the hate around Kirk Cousins. I think he's just an average quarterback. I think him and Derek Carr are kind of on like the same level, except Kirk Cousins doesn't turn the ball over as much as Derek Carr. I think he had half the number of interceptions here. I think he had like seven. Derek Carr, I know, had 14. And I think Kirk Cousins had more touchdowns. But I'm not I'm not looking at the numbers right now. I'm just looking at the team's list on ESPN. Yeah, Kirk Cousins gets a lot of hate. Their O-line sucks ass, and their defense reeks. There were a few games this year where the Vikings lost that they really should have won. Like, it's the Bengals and the Cardinals. Two playoff teams, and the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Vikings probably should have won those games. But, like, 90%. It's... He has to come in. I don't... I, I saw links with Deshaun Watson. I think... Here, hold on. If the Vikings... Because the Vikings still got to you a head coach. I think that they should go out and get Kevin O'Connell, the office coordinator for the LA Rams, because I didn't know this until the other day. I looked it up because I was bored. That Kevin O'Connell was on the Washington football team staff when Kirk Cousins was there. He was the quarterback coach for the Washington football team. So the Vikings are in desperate need. A lot of their fans are out there saying they need an offensive-minded head coach. Kevin O'Connell is that. Kevin O'Connell already has a relationship with Kirk Cousins. I think that would be perfect for the Vikings in building towards... a. A good team. A team that should be a whole lot better than what they are. And in a division that might be shifting next season. Depending on what the Packers do in the draft, free agency, trades, whatever. Whether Aaron Rodgers is back or not, this division could be flipped on its head very fast. Very fast. But I think Kirk Cousins gets way, 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 way too much hate. Uh, Carolina Panthers next. With Sam Donald and Cam Newton probably 20%. <laughs> Sam Darnold's owed a lot of money because the Panthers stupidly accepted his fifth-year option before they got his contract. Or a great Game of Panthers player. And he started off pretty decently against some terrible teams and then kind of turned into Sam Darnold. Kind of whatever. Not great. Cam Newton stinks. We're not going to talk about that one too much. Saints. What? Taysom Hill and Jace, Jameis Woods? I think they're both free agents. Or Taysom Hill signed another stupid contract. I don't remember. He signs a contract like every other day. 40% for both of them. I, I don't know. I don't know what the Saints are doing at quarterback next year, to be honest. I don't even know what they're doing at head coach. Sean Payton left way after Black Monday. So the Saints haven't even really had to think about hiring a new head coach because they didn't think they're going to need one. Sean Payton just said, gone. And then Tampa Bay, uh, 50-50. I don't know. Brazier retiring, is not. So it's really just 50-50 on <laughs> that one. Uh, and Then the last one, 49ers. I mean, Jimmy G, 0%. Maybe 5%. I mean... He was gone before the season started, going into next season. And yeah, he's gone. You trade up that high for Trey Lance, he's gone. And then Russell Wilson, I don't know if they're going to be switching the quote-unquote era in Seattle or something, because Pete Carroll's getting a lot older. Russell, this is the first time he's ever had a losing season in Seattle. Maybe he gets traded to Cleveland. He listed them as one of the teams he get traded to. He'd be a major upgrade on Baker Mayfield. So I don't know. Maybe like a 80% chance he's back in Seattle. I don't know if he'll get traded or not. I don't know what they're going to do with Pete Carroll. If Pete Carroll goes, I'm assuming Russell Wilson would go too. I think they're just going to clean house at that point. But I think if Pete Carroll's not gone yet, uh, Russell Wilson would just stay there. Same with Pete Carroll, but probably 80%. And those aren't exact numbers. Those are just my gut feelings right now. I didn't write any of this down. I kind of just went through the teams. I was like, yeah, what what are we feeling right now, Logan? What what, what are we looking at? What are we looking at here with these teams? But there's a few teams that are guaranteed. I mean, like the Bills again, the Chiefs, the freaking who else? All the teams with rookie quarterbacks, the Bengals, the Rams, Cardinals, like all these teams. Yeah, they're good. they're keeping their starting quarterbacks. They're keeping their starting quarterbacks for next year, especially the Rams and Bengals. Good Lord. And the thing that sucks is none that the Bengals and Rams are in the Super Bowl. I am perfectly content with the Rams, Bengals, and the Super Bowl. Though I wish the Bills were in there, I'm perfectly content with Rams, Bengals. The part that sucks is that we've got to wait two weeks because we got a freaking stupid Pro Bowl next week. Why is this still a thing? The glorified two-hand touch game that is the Pro Bowl is back. And the stu- I don't know how many players are going to opt out. Josh Allen already gave the double bird to the Pro Bowl. Said he's not playing. Lamar Jackson's not playing. I doubt Tom Brady will play. Will Mahomes play? I don't know. Like Stafford and Burrow, they're not going to play because they're both in the Super Bowl. So this is the problem with the Pro Bowl. Like, you'll have players that you go on people's Wikipedias, Like, Trubisky was a Pro Bowler at one point. Trubisky got in because, like, five quarterbacks in front of him opted out. They said, we don't want to play, which is fair. I wouldn't really want to play in the Pro Bowl at this point either. You still get the accolade regardless if you play in the game or not. Like, Brady's got 15 Pro Bowls. I bet he's played like four of them. That's not an exact number, so don't quote me on that (laughs) because I don't don't know the exact number for Tom Brady in his Pro Bowls. But, yeah, congratulations, of course, to the Bengals uh, Bengals and Rams very excited for the Super Bowl I have no issue with either team here I know a lot of people from St. Louis will have an issue with this and obviously be cheering for the Bengals logic says Rams I think that and this is just we're two weeks away we're in, we're still in January we got we got told February 13th to figure out who we got in the Super Bowl pick but we have the Rams who have a way better defense way better corners the best player in football in Aaron Donald Cooper Cup Odell Beckham, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, and Matt Stafford, and Tyler Higby, and a good old line—not great, but good. Bengals have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon, and Jesse Bates, and Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson's really good. We talked about Sam Hubbard too, as though, but their corners aren't very good. So, my gut right now is the Rams, but I'm not going to count on Joe Burrow. I'm not going to do that because I did that last week. Said that on Wednesday. And I don't want to do it again. I love Joe Burrow. I really lo- I, I like the Bengals. They're a very fun team to watch. It's a damn shame the Bills couldn't play him this round. Because even though I watched the Bengals beat the Chiefs, I don't think, and this this is going to sound biased as hell, but I don't care. I don't think the Bengals beat the Bills. I don't. The way Josh Allen's playing in the postseason right now, there's, I don't think there was a chance the Bengals beat the Bills in Buffalo. But that's revisionist history. I mean, it, we, we'll never know because it, it won't happen because the the Bills lost to the Chiefs. But I heard a lot of quieter responses to the overtime rules after this game because the Bengals got a chance. And I'd, I've i sat on this thing pretty much my entire life about don't really care. I'm not saying it's perfect. No one's really come up with a better option at this point. And the Bills, my sister brought this up to me today, my, me and my dad today. How many teams have been screwed by the overtime rules besides the Bills? I was like, well, I don't think they got screwed. All they had to do was hold the Chiefs for 13 seconds. You have a team with three timeouts, and you're guarding the sidelines and playing prevent defense. What the hell kind of defense setup is that? They ran two plays gained 40 yards. Like, obviously, the, a, a child could come up with a better defensive scheme than that. Like, you have the number one defense, number one passing defense, and you're playing prevent defense and guarding the sidelines with a team that has three timeouts? What kind of logic is that? I don't care about the overtime rules. Your number one defense has to make a stop in that situation. Guarding the sidelines, playing prevent defense, because prevent defense prevents you from winning, as John Madden used to say. And I'll be pissed off without that for the rest of my life. But I don't think, uh, it hurts because I can't prove it. (laughs) I don't think the Bengals beat the Bills. I don't. And I don't want people putting, like, I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow did not have a better playoffs than Josh Joe Burrow is not better than Josh. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes. But he's easily a top five quarterback. In my books, anyways. Top five quarterbacks in the league after adjustment. (laughs) Very piously. Josh, Patrick, Rogers, Brady, Burrow. That's my top five. After watching Rodgers versus the 49ers. No. I don't know who's going to win MVP anymore. It's hard for me to say Aaron Rodgers now because of what I watched last week. No touchdowns and forcing the ball 100 times to Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones. Yeah, but his special teams messed him up. They screwed him over. Stop playing hero ball. You'll win the game. Take the easy routes. Guarantee Tom Brady's not forcing the double coverage down the field like that when you have a wide receiver across the middle of the field. But that's not fun to watch. That's why Rogers is the greatest, because he will make that throw. Brady won't even think about it, because Brady's making the smart throw. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I think that's all I've got for you today. I did think this was kind of funny. I saw this (laughs) on Twitter. KMBC, it's a Kansas City-based news station. Against all odds. This is a verified Twitter account, by the way. Verified. We were never supposed to be here. We were never meant to make it this far. But against all odds, we did. What a season. Thank you for the incredible ride. We will always be with you. Chiefs Kingdom. We will always be Chiefs Kingdom. We were never supposed to be here. They counted us out, they put us down, but the team battled back. We did it once, we'll do it again. Thank you for the incredible ride this year. The Chiefs were favored by 7 points today, and were favored in all 20 of their games this season, but nobody thought they would make it this far. (laughs) They are favored in every game. 20 games, they are favored by 7 in the AMC Championship game. Get off your high horse. You have been good for 4 years. 4 years. Completely forget you were terrible up until the last Super Bowl. You won in Super Bowl IV. It sucked. You had a 20-year home playoff losing streak. And then you won one Super Bowl and made four straight AFC Championship games. Now you're hot shit. Get off your high horse. You ain't the Patriots. Stop. You ain't the Niners. You ain't the Steelers. You ain't the Packers. You ain't the Patriots. Get off your high horse. No one thought we'd be this far. Shut the hell up. (laughs) <laughs> again i feel like my relationship with cheese fans has, has improved over the past two weeks but <laughs> but that is bullshit <laughs> no one no one expected us to be here favorite May- every favorite in every single game you played shut the hell up <laughs> oh man Oh, man, good. God love it. God love it. <laughs> Every fan base has stupid people like that. In it. That's the sad part. The Bills fans have a ton of stupid people in it. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we didn't really talk about this, but head coaches that have found jobs in the NFL right now, uh, we have a few open, a few jobs still open, but we had we had Brian Dable take the Giants job, as we talked about earlier. We had Matt Iverflus take the Bears job as predicted. So there's our first nailed-on prediction there. Then we had Nathaniel Hackett taking the Broncos job. Dan Quinn actually went back to Dallas to be the D coordinator, which it looks like Mike McCarthy is going to get fired at some point throughout the season next year. So Dan Quinn's just going to be right there to stand up and be the head coach there. But Hackett, the office coordinator for the Packers, took the Broncos job. So everybody and their mom's going to be linking Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos this offseason. Josh McDaniels got the Raiders job this offseason. Or he got it today, actually, to pretty much the the praise of Patriots fans. <laughs> they didn't want Josh McDaniels there, I guess. And then who else? Was there any other teams? It looks like Byron Leftwood's getting the Jaguars job. I think Kevin O'Connell will probably get the Vikings job. They did interview John Jim Harbaugh today, or yesterday. So we'll see if that one actually goes anywhere. Dolphins still haven't talked to anybody, but they're looking at, it seems like, the 49ers, according Mike McDonald. I think that's his name. Mike McDowell. McDowell and I haven't heard a peep out of Houston <laughs> or New Orleans. Don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, Josh McCown and Hines Ward got interviewed by the Houston Texans. So, I don't know what the hell is going down in Houston, but don't even have a guess. Again, I think Brian Flores would be the guy down there. I think the link's with Deshaun Watson. If you want a culture changer, I would get Brian Flores down there because that's exactly what the Houston Texans need. Their culture is a freaking mess. And I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do. I don't know what the Saints are going to do. I have a general idea what the Vikings are going to do. But, Yeah. I think Brian Dable would go down to Miami if the Bills' assistant GM didn't go there. I don't think if Sean went there, Brian Dable would go there, but that's where we're at right now. It looks like Ken Dorsey, the Bills' quarterback coach, will be the new office coordinator. Yeah, so that's what we're looking at right now. I saw some of Matt Nagy possibly being the Bills' new office coordinator because he has links with Sean McDermott. They worked together in Andy Reid's coaching staff in Philly, but no, it, it has to be Ken Dorsey. It's got Whoever Josh Allen wants as OC, that's who it's going to be. That's who it's going to be. If he wants Ken Dorsey, he'll be Ken Dorsey. Josh Allen will have 100% say on who the office coordinator is. He's never had another office coordinator apart from Brian Dable. So it'll be a new change, but basically it's just going to be Josh Allen, do you, might call plays. Turn into Peyton Manning, kind of. Just call your own plays. <laughs> but that is all I've got for you today. This went way longer than what I was expecting. But hey, that's always good. I love the longer shows. I haven't done one in a little bit. I haven't done one since last Wednesday, so we had a lot of stuff to talk about. Went over a few segments I didn't really think we were going to talk about, but here we are. And yeah, hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I truly apologize. Hopefully it's better next time. Again, make sure you follow Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you're either subscribed and or following. I don't know which one it is exactly. And leave a rating on Apple Podcasts at a five stars. Leave a description down below to let us know what you think of the show in general or the specific episode. If you want to call me stupid, that's fine. Go ahead. But yeah, that's all I got for you today. Hope the next show is better for you. If you did not like it, and I'm excited for the Super Bowl. Even though it's not my team, I am excited for the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Bengals and the Rams on making it. No beef with any of them. Love Joe Burrow. Really like Matt Stafford. It'll be a fun one. Very, very fun one. Number one two number one overall picks battling out in the Super Bowl. How many times that happened in NFL history? I feel like it just happened more. But I don't think it has that often. How many times have number one, two num- number one overall picks made it to Super Bowl together? I'm trying to remember the last time I, like, I can think of it the top of my head. I don't really think I can think of one. If I, if I was really pressed, I don't know if I could think of one. This is like, I think I saw this the first time two coaches are coaching the Super Bowl when they're under 40 years old. Zach Taylor's 38, Sean McVay's 36 or something like that. I think it's the first time that's ever happened. So history being made. The first number one overall pick to make the Super Bowl in the second year, Joe Burrow. So there's a lot of history happening here. Bengals won their first playoff game in 31 years and then made the Super Bowl out of it. So that's the mark. 31-year playoff drought, winning drought, and he made the Super Bowl. That's all I've got for you today. Again, hope you enjoyed it. If not, I apologize, and I will see you all later. Peace.